Welcome to Plato's Gravity, a homebrew podcast. This is Aaron. Yep. That's all you got? <laughs> I literally spent the last 15 minutes trying to come up with something. Uh, we were talking about other things. No, you I, didn't. No, I seriously, like in the back, I can think about two things at once. That seems not right. I Okay. What's your name? Let's try this again. Start over. This is Aaron. And I'm not sure I've hit puberty yet. Damn it, Jason. What? <laughs> we, You're the one who demanded something. That was fun. That was fun. We are excited today to welcome our guest in studio. He both makes beer and sellers beer. And though we are very excited to welcome him to the show, we are also excited to drink the beer he brought for us today. Tyler Poling, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Hello. Hey. Absolutely. Oh, so why don't we jump right in? What are we, uh, what are we, this is going to be, first of all, two beer episode. Um, the second beer, surprise, you guys have to wait till after the break, but the first beer is obviously in the title. What are we drinking today, Tyler? Uh, we're drinking a 2016 Dark Lord. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Indiana podcast, Indiana beer. We like it. So. Famous, legendary. And Indiana. I'm just trying to get rid of stuff out of that cellar. So let's I mean, drink it up. You've come to the right place. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, taste, tasting notes, Aaron. You got uh, you got anything? Um, it's it's very very delicious. Hold on. <laughs> you know what's really good on a podcast is. When you I ask me a question before I have my tasting notes. Ready? No, 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 no. Dead airspace. Mm. <laughs> so. Especially when you announce right before. Is this me breaking the fourth wall right I now? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this tastes like everything. It's, there's a lot going on in there. It's a big beer. Um, it kind of has a little bit of like a milky character to it. Yeah. And we talked about the soy sauce a little bit earlier. That's yeah. kind of like a known characteristic in Dark Lord. Not okay. in a bad way, but you kind of get that soy saucy flavor. A little saltiness, um, yeah. Yeah, almost it almost like a, a slight under attenuation because you get all that super sweetness. Mm-hmm. You yeah. could make candy out of this. Oh, absolutely. But you could cover a stove and just let it dry. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. If you cover a stove with Dark Lord, I will punch you in the face. <laughs> it's uh, uh, this beer, I think, uh, a lot of people know, but maybe not everyone knows, is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to get your hands on in general, right? Right. Only made for the event for Dark Lord Day. Um, sold that one day. time. Yeah. A, a wonderful day of extravagant things. Um, sold that day. That's all you get. Um, I think they save some back for the next year to like, they'll do like a um, vertical tasting yeah, vert, a little bit. So you can get the previous years, um, through the bottle pickup or whatever, but yeah. So just that one day and huge party nice. and metal bands. Like it has everything. That so you I didn't really, like trade for this. You went to dark. No, I went. Yeah. So I, I, we'd, we'd spoke previously about the story of how that came to so. be. So how did this come to be? Yeah. Um, I will preface it by saying I am not allowed to go back to Dark Lord Day for a little bit <laughs> for my wife. So I was um, going to say, like, you're not allowed, like, they have a picture of you. <laughs> no. Uh, at uh, the there, there might be a picture of me out there somewhere that Monster somebody City Police. took. But, um, no, so it was my first one there. Um, a few years ago with some buddies, got pretty into drinking barrel-aged beers and stuff like that. It was sure. like, hot on that trend. Um and we were like, oh, we got to go to Dark Lord. And my buddies goes every year. And so me and another friend jumped on and went. Well, previously, I think they've switched things up a little bit in the last couple of years. But previously, there's a huge line. Everybody bottle shares until you can get into the event. So you're drinking top-tier beers from all over the country, world, whatever, because there's this big collection of people that come together. So we're in the line. We're drinking bottles. We brought a bunch of bottles. And 
by the time I hit the gate to get checked by the cops, I was already three sheets <laughs> of the wind, mm. just trying to find a porta potty to pee in. So, um, oh man, I know that feeling. Yeah, and like it, every it, podcast, right? <laughs> Looking so it, for a porta potty in my house? No, just the real toilet. Right, and the weather was just—it was not good. It was in the 40s. It was raining, you know. But we're having a good time. We're having all these good beers. Just drank tons and tons of really good stuff, and so I got a little overexcited. And, you know, the last thing I remember is I saw a beer in someone's backpack that I was like, oh, man, I really wanted to try that. So I pulled out a beer that I had from Dark Horse, one of the um, one of their Imperial Barrel Age Imperial Stouts, Plead the Fifth. And <laughs> very dark themed. Yeah. Beer. And I uh, said, oh, man, I'll trade you this if we can split that. So he's like, yeah, sure. We tried it. And lights out after that. And so I don't remember a whole lot after the, the rest of the day I did end up getting an uber later and getting back to the hotel and finding my friends because they left me there like and good you got good your bottle do. of dark lord well that's really exciting so <laughs> while this beer is from that year i did not bring my bottles home so uh, i i have a theory that they got stolen from me when i was in one of the like watching one of the shows because that's a known thing too which is very unfortunate that people kind of prey on people are having a good time they'll steal their bottles of beer wow that's so not to make it depressing but um Yep, so I didn't come home with any bottles, um, <laughs> but someone did end up getting me one because I felt bad, which they shouldn't have because I'm Aww. an adult and I wasn't being an adult. Uh, we, thank I, them. we thank them now. Yeah, right. Thank you, who, so, you, savior of ours. Yep. So okay, we got the beer and have had it, been sitting on it for a while um, since that event, but I'll go back eventually once my wife trusts me again. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe she could just go. Yeah, she doesn't like imperial stouts. That's why I have so much in this. Well, she's obviously not quote going to drink beer. She's going to about. she's going to yeah, enforce to decision making. <laughs> Make sure that I'm being a grown up. I'm sure that's going to be super fun for her. Well, like, mm. hold on. So what does what does she drink? First off, are you really into imperial stouts? Um, honestly, I was into it like as more of like a uh, community thing. Like okay. when I go to bottle shares and stuff, I really like to do it, but. I think I've started to expand in all kinds of stuff now. Like we used to get together a group of us and do bottle shares together and try all this barrel stuff. And then you felt like, man, you drink four or five of these back to back. You're really, it's diminishing returns. <laughs> right. Like, well, you just, you kind of lose the character in the beer versus, Hey, let's have a couple, you know, IPAs, maybe a couple sours and then do an Imperial stout in there. And then you really get to appreciate that beer when you're drinking so many, you're just like, that one tasted like the past six I just had. You Tastes know? like wood. Tastes yeah. like wood. Yeah. Vanilla, vanilla, yep. vanilla. Yep. So uh, for me, it's like I like to have have them here and there. I'll drink them. The weather's starting to make that turn until mm. it's like going to be 80 next week or whatever. Yeah. And it won't be. But starting to make the turn to where stouts become a little bit more approachable and you don't feel like you want to go lay down for the rest of the day after you have one <laughs> in so. the middle of a festival celebrating beer i don't know anybody who's done that so so you 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 would take the you would keep these bottles and you would keep them in your basement so they were at the right temperature can you talk so about cellaring beer i i do like to cellar the beer I, I thought it was funny that we opened it that i have a cellar i have a shelf in my basement that keeps beer on it so it sounds like i'm a fancy cellarman down there but i sell um, my uh, if your basement is a reasonably constant 60 degrees that's yeah it, fancy. it works really well part of the reason we moved to a new house last year is because you know really need space to put the beer into i'm really inspired by so. people who make house purchase decisions yeah. based on the, the beer <laughs> to be honest the beer ability. The, my the purchase of the house is because i had a sink in the garage and i was like oh man this is a done deal oh man <laughs> yeah that's fantastic <laughs> yep um so no i i've had all these beers i've been collecting them for a long time and mm. really the previous house we had didn't have a basement so i was just keeping them in a fridge and really wanted to just be able to save them and throw them down there and see how they turn over the course of the time and Certainly, they you know you've they were drinking at sixteen. We've got you know I've got other beers all the way to thirteen um, 
And after that, they start to, you know, you don't really get that great a thing out of them, but wanted to see how stuff turned and honestly got too much beer and couldn't drink it fast enough. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm cellaring this beer. I just can't keep up with it. So, but I've kind of hit a place now where I really just wanted to drink it. And right. you know, a lot of stuff starting to hit that age where I haven't been keeping up as much with buying new beers. So I have a lot of stuff that's just sitting like, well, this is going to start to fall off or it's going to get oxidized or whatever. So I need to start drinking it. And it's been fun. It's, it's interesting to have beers that I can get right now and then I can also drink, um, you know, one from 14 or something and just see what's the difference. Like backwards bastard. Now you can get backwards bastard every day of the year before that was a single release. They did it once a year. Is that like, wait, so like my ex stepfather. Yeah. You can just get him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now we're, now we're going to get into some real interesting stuff. Um, is he, he's your ex stepfather. So he really was, he was released to single, not a single release. That's right. That's, <laughs> hey, oh. I didn't realize this was a comedy podcast. Uh, <laughs> hey, oh, I did. I did. I don't know uh, what you call that comedy. That's, yeah. It's just really bad puns. So yeah, I mean, well, uh, first of all, so you, neither one of you guys have had Dark Lord, correct? I have, I have had Snark Lord, which Snark is Lord. the, uh, which is the yeah. clone okay. that's relatively popular to brew at the local homebrew shop, Great Fermentations. Uh, and uh, yep. yeah, some people, I, it's close to this. It's not as complex as this. And of course, the, the ones I'm having aren't aged. Sure. Um, so, no, I've not had Dark Lord. This is, it's tremendous. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's, it's a big beer. It's one of those ones where I, I think it, it bodes well to being shared. It's a lot to try to drink, drink by yourself. It's the Ooh. sweetness. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, it, both the sweetness and a bomber of, of you know, upwards yeah. of 14% beer. I don't right. know that's a good idea. Right. It's, uh, yeah, I think we're all doing, so we split the bottle in threes, right? In th- Into thirds. thirds. Into uh, thirds. Which, threes. <laughs> hold on, is, is, this, is this bottle a pint or more than a pint? Uh, this is 22 ounces. 22 ounces. And a pint is what, 16 ounces? Yeah. You were just in London, don't you know? Yeah. Shh. What the hell, Well, Jason? we did talk about schooners. Have you heard about schooners? Nope. You'll have to listen Jason's to Jason's really happy about schooners. Schooners are super... It's a, just a third of a pint. You can get... Okay. Most places in England, you can get a third of a pint. Okay. And you just order a schooner. It's the same price divided by three. Do we call those uh, like samplers here in <laughs> the United States? Also <laughs> also sailboats. A sailboat, yes. Okay. <laughs> a schooner is a sailboat, you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so I... Small rats reference? Yeah, the beer's fun. I've had... Last year, I was able to have the current one and then a a previous one. So I've had various ages back to back and they do vary. I mean, you can get similar characters out of them, but it's interesting to have something from like 12 or 17 and see how much of a difference there is, you know, because I would say that's still the unique thing about dark Lord is even though you're getting a recipe that is relatively the same, the beer that year could have just turned out slightly different than the way they're doing things now, you know, and especially if you're having newer ones, the beer is going to get more refined and right you know, as, they, different. as they get it better over the years. Yeah. Yep. And so that, that's certainly the fun aspect of being able to like age beers and try them and see how they, they morph and change over time. And you know, ones that are really hot out of the gun, real boozy, you have it two two years down the line or whatever. Mm. And it's just a really, it melds really well together. A lot of the ones that are just bourbon heavy. You have it a couple of years. Like, man, that's just, su- that's super smooth, like super tasty. So well, I'm, I'm really surprised at how smooth this beer is. I know it's a big old beer. It doesn't yeah. taste hot. No, nope. uh, it does taste excessively sweet. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. They, I think they, it's called the, the diabetes beer. Cause yeah. it's just like <laughs> sugar bomb for sure. I, I am getting the shakes. A little bit. <laughs> so yeah. you mentioned before the show that you were, you, you kind of stopped or you mentioned just recently that you kind of stopped stocking up on, on new beers. And I, I feel bad cause I feel like you're almost there at the party. Like 
it sucks <laughs> to buy the beer and not be able to drink it for four years. But yeah. if you keep up, then you're always just going to have beer to drink. Yeah. I, so my wife's an accountant, so she controls what kind of fun things I get to do. Um, mm-hmm. Having two kids now, which we can, you know, we talked about talking later. Um, Adorable kids. By the way. <laughs> uh, at, a, at that point, I was kind of like, I had two hobbies. It was collecting beer and brewing beer. And my wife was like, hey, you know, you're spending a lot of money on beer. <laughs> do you want to brew or do you want to collect beer? And I was like, yeah, you know, I really want to brew it. And the collecting thing true is just like, or all these new beers are coming out. I really have just been wanting to try them and try them fresh. You know, you're getting more and more information from breweries. They're like, Hey, we barely just stuff for you. Like it's, it's ready. You drink, drink it now. now. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I don't think that diminishes people that still want to set that stuff back, but I'm also like, yeah, you know, that's, that is true. You know, it's sat in a barrel. Um, and certainly there's, I'll still go and buy, like say I'm getting KBS or whatever for that right, year. Sure. I'll drink one because I want to try it right then. And I usually set one back because I want to try a little bit later, you know, mm. but it's not this idea where I'm like hoarding as much beer as I used to. Um, <laughs> just because it's, again, it's, I w- I'm spending money on the hobby that's more important to me and I just want to have it now. You know, I, I get tired of waiting for it. So, so do, you, do you ever like set back your own beer that you make? Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think what I got down there right now. Uh, we made a, it's not really, I guess it was a pumpkin beer, like a, a pumpkin dunkle, a punkle bison. Yeah. We had a punkle bison last year. Um, so, which I can talk more a little about a little bit about later. We do like a big brew, me and some of the guys from my neighborhood, but made that one and that one's been sitting in the basement and I bust that out. Um, I think it's been two years. So I've had one yeah. out each year to see like when it first started, like the spice content was real heavy. And you know, as the years progress, that one really starts to mellow out, which is, it's fun. Like that's fun to do that. Um, I've made some stouts in the past. They'll set back you just to see how those change, you know, there's um, a, um, we have, we have a tendency to coin phrases on this show uh-huh. and I, I, Aaron is not nearly as big into pumpkin spice as I am. Sure. I am the basic bitch, right? Mm. Um, you've got your Uggs and your sweater and your vest and your, your lattes. So, <laughs> So like a, a Punkelweizen does, in fact, no, no, we're going to edit this out. No, we're not. What are you going to say? <laughs> oh, uh, no, because I lost the phrase. It was something relating to having like a pumpkin boner. So we should. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, so man. you're welcome. This and podcast already gone off the rails. But I can't, I can't remember exactly what the phrase was. I was going to coin a new phrase. Oh, uh, uh, a bruner. A Bruner. A, a Bruner? Yes. I have quite a Bruner for your Punkelweizen. Okay. Oh. I should have brought... I almost brought some of that. I thought that about it, so but... good. The only issue is, like, it... Well, I think when we... So we carved it up in bottles and we used my buddy's beer gun, and I think he cranked the carb up a little bit, so those things are always... You never, uh, know, you never know what you're going to get. That's yeah. the thing about the beer gun is you... Like to keep carbonation in, you have to crank the carb up, but you can overdo yep. it too easy. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so we just got a counter pressure bottle filler, right? And it's a pain in the ass to use, but right. once you get it dialed in, it's the consistent. results the results are consistent, yep. which we like. Like I told you earlier, I don't, I just don't put stuff in bottles because I just drink it right out of the kegs. I'm lazy. Mm. So. <laughs> so how big is your uh, how big is your kegger? How many kegs can you have on at one time? So I've got a three tap kegerator. Um, but I've got four valves on there, so I can throw four kegs in any given time. Um, but just three out the door. The way the ke- the door is set up, it just will handle three taps. Okay, um, nice. And that works for me because I'm not always the fastest to drink my homebrew. So it's like if I have more than that, it's going to sit too long. So three is kind of the perfect number. Well, and if you're setting something back, do you do you keep it? You do you age it carved or do you age it like in the corner in a keg? So I would usually just um, kind of put like a blanket of carbonation on top of the keg so it seals it and then yeah. I'll throw it in the basement and just let it sit. Sweet. Yep. Yep. So it's not getting any kind of carb. It's just other than just that little bit and then it just sits there and ages. So, so you're aging in keg? 
Yeah. I mean, depending on the beer, some we just set back like and let it sit for a little while. I mean, I haven't done that very much. Yeah. Um, I would say a lot of times I'll let it sit in the, the fermenter. Usually it's like okay. post that if I get the flavor and I'm not feeling it, I might set it back and let it sit in the basement in the keg. Cause you know, it's airtight, it's sealed, it's yeah. clean, all those kind of things. So sweet. Yep. I don't know why that never occurred to me. Uh, you start fermenting in the kegs, man. That's that's something too. So. Well, we've talked about like we've we've talked on the show about just um, going straight from the boil into a keg and like letting it cool down overnight, like not yeah. like keeping it sterile. Like but a, that's it, like a, that's a we had a guy on that talked about that as a no cool method. Yeah, yeah. It's like really big in Australia where you don't want to waste. Well, anywhere where you don't want to waste water. You just, right. So they just pitch the next day. Is that the whole yeah. idea? Yeah. So like uh, it works really well uh, in in colder climates. So you can you rack. You rack to the to the keg. You, yeah. You get the oxygen out. Yep. Um, and then you let it cool overnight. The interesting thing, though, if you're going to do that, you have to oxygenate it before you put the yeast in, because if you if, if you purge all the, the oxygen sure. out, it's not going to. You right. know, you need that oxygen for your. Right. So he actually was. He had an oxygen tank. So after he cooled it, he would add the oxygen back in. Okay. And then pitch once it was at at temperature. But he would set it out like if it's like a forty or fifty degree night, he just set the keg outside. Hmm. And then uh, pitch the next day at around sixty sixty five, it had dropped to that. Man, that makes that makes me nervous. <laughs> it's yeah. like you don't know what's going to happen during that time. It's like yeah. you can make that thing airtight. You're just like some little gremlin's going to get in there and yeah. screw something yeah. up. So, yeah, yep. the, uh, I, I think it's a it's an interesting concept. And certainly, you know, you think about how much water you waste when you chill beer. With oh a, yeah. With a, of course, we use a just a wort chiller, like a you know the, the coil. Yeah, you know, we're just dumping water into the yard. Man, I'm I want to plug a product right now because I freaking love it. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. Maybe I knew you were going to ask me a question about what. What is the product I have? I always have to have. This might be the one. So. All right, let's let's do two things at one time. <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping ahead of your so questions what, here. What what brewing product would you not brew without? Sure. So we're talking about wort chillers. Um, I actually have a wort chiller made by, gosh, is it Hydra? Hydra chillers? Or it is a Hydra chiller by Jaded Brewing? That's what it is. Jaded okay. Brewing makes a Hydra chiller. Things like three chillers in one. You okay. should look the picture up on the internet yeah, and you we'll get an right idea now. of what that looks like. Check the shows. Check thing, the shows. We'll let it, we'll let you know. I, I'm not kidding you. Um, so my buddy got one first and he, he was talking it up. He's like, man, this thing can, this can bring five gallons of wort down to temp in five minutes. And I'm like, that's not freaking possible. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So he, he says it brings it down about five minutes. So we're brewing a beer and he busts that thing out and tries it. No joke. It's you can literally watch the temperature gauge drop that how quick that is going. So when I'm brewing, everything for me is about speed, having kids. Um, right. I want to be able to brew a good beer, but I want to be able to do it in an efficient amount of time. Um, and being able to chill the wort and I'm not kidding you five minutes or less yeah. is absolutely incredible. So I'm looking at a picture of it right now and it's the, the, what's on the internet is this like just monstrosity of quills. Fuck load of yep. copper. It's a yep. fuck load of copper and it's two. So I mean, are, are you preach? Are you using the, the small? So there's a little one that looks like my wart chiller. Mm-hmm. And then there's the big monstrosity of copper. The yeah. one that I have looks like it's got three chillers feeding into both of the in and out lines. Yeah. So the big guy, yeah, it's a Hydra. That's crazy. Yeah, so that um, that thing's awesome. And those, I'm not sure if it's a it's multiple people or if it's just a single guy working out of his house. But um, last winter, I left it in the garage. So that thing can take a ton of water in there. But because there's so much copper, a lot of water gets stuck in there. So it's a oh, l- yeah. kind of a labor of love to get it all out. Well, I had left it in the garage and we had a pretty cold day. And I just happened to check it and it burst one of the connections on there. So, of course, I'm like in a dark place. <laughs> Um, Hello, but knowing the like 
hey, I can get it back to these guys. I can probably weld it for me and figure out what the cost is going to be. Um, sent them some photos, said, hey, here's what happened. I left it outside, blah, blah, blah. Guy's like, hey, just send it to me. And I did. And no joke, I sent it to him. Two days later, it was back fixed free. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. So Ooh. I'm like super solid and their product is amazing. So uh, I have no affiliation with Jaded Brewing. I'm just plugging them because I think they're great. So yeah, and at 160 bucks, I mean, that's like, uh, what? That's like, that's uh, for like a small wart chiller is maybe half that ish. I mean, you can get, you can get like a 25 foot wart chiller for like 60 bucks, but it does yeah. take, you know, forever. And you know, one of the problems in Indiana and in lots of other areas is a far, it's a 90 degree summer day. The groundwater is not that cool. Right. Like Jason and I have two of the cheap wart chillers. We put one of them in a bucket of ice yep. and one of them in the beer and it yep. still takes like 15 minutes to get down. Right. Yeah. I mean that with this thing, like I said, I can drop a five gallon batch in about five minutes. And at times, like if you're brewing in the fall, like if we start brewing right now and yeah. the groundwater's cold enough, it, it'll actually bring the temp down too low because <laughs> like, it keeps going and getting it going. But yeah, I, I really love it. It's been, it's been a great addition to the brew process. You know, everything else is pretty standard. I haven't really changed a whole lot, but again, it, it gets back to efficiency for me. Okay. What can I cut time down with? Yeah. Um, and that certainly has been a huge benefit. So. Yeah. Well, plus like the, the faster you get it down, the less likely it is to get infected. Right. And you're wasting yep. theoretically, even though it holds so much water, the fact that it takes less time. Right. You're wasting a lot less water. Right. Yep. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it, it works out all right. So, yeah, I can pretend like I'm being very environmentally conscious, right? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Not going to do that no-chill method in the keg? Uh, maybe. I'll give it a try. Do I think a it's worth it. I think it's worth a uh, brew experimentation. I, my struggle with some of these experiments is that I don't brew as much as I used to. So, yeah. I'm like, when I brew, I'm like, this thing better turn like, out well. I'm not dumping this damn beer. <laughs> yeah, it's go right. well. That's, yeah. uh, if it's trash, I'm really bummed out. <laughs> so you talked about kind of limiting the amount of times that you brew and having a family. Can you talk about how you do find time to brew with, uh, with, with kids to be mindful of? Yeah, absolutely. I'll kind of give you the backstory too, just like how I got there, where my frequency and then what it looks like now with sure. having yeah. two little ones. Um, so first started brewing about 10 years ago, give right. or take. Um, Jesus, what are you, like a million years old? Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, about 10 years ago, honestly, it was almost around this time that we started brewing. So my, one of my good buddies, um, doesn't brew as much anymore. Can't, we kind of went through the same thing and he decided he was going to get out of it. He really liked pumpkin beer and he All was right. like, man, we should make a pumpkin beer. I've got this idea. We can he brew it. Awesome. <laughs> we know how you feel about this, Jason. <laughs> so he, uh, he was like, Hey man, you want to try brewing beer? And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll come hang out and, and test it out with you. So uh, we bought a kit from Great Fermentations, um, which is basically just kind of an ale, and then you throw a pumpkin in there. It was still mm. when pumpkin beer was just starting to become. Okay. So you're using actual pumpkin thing. in this beer. Uh, yeah, puree, yeah. like doing the pumpkin that's, puree. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I mean, yeah, the grown spices. So we one not. of the new fads is to make a pumpkin beer with no pumpkin, just right? Spices, just the but, spices. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, we threw the puree in the mash. Um, this well, I guess the mash we were putting it in. The, we were just doing like the traditional. Um, brew in a bag method Sweet. or whatever Doing or like uh, the tea bag excuse me um uh, extract yeah i'm like it's been so long since like, I, I don't forgot. know the words i forgot i don't know the words this. they don't spark i don't know the words yeah what does this mean um no so we were doing extra extract and then you just have your little grain bag that you throw in there and so we threw pumpkin in and did mm. that and i'm sure we did absolutely everything wrong you know back then i didn't know why hops went in at what time i didn't sure. know what the purpose was i yeah. didn't understand any of that stuff we were just like hey we're making beer and this is awesome we totally had a boil over on the stove. Like, you know, it's everything you could do wrong. Definitely did that day. Um, but the beer was drinkable and 
win. If I could go back and tell you what it tastes like, it was like Miller Lite with pumpkin in it. (laughs) 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 Um, They might try to make that. I know, right? They might try to do that. They might steal that one. Um, So, you know, it was drinkable and it it wasn't terrible. um, But over the course of time, like that, that really started the spark of like, man, this is fun. And so him and I would always brew together and we always drink way too much when we brewed. I mean, nowadays when I brew, it's like, I don't have a beer until that thing is like cooling because I'm like, I got to hit all my numbers. I got to make sure I'm, you know, on top of everything. Mm. But all, I think it was more or less like it was an a excuse for us to have beers and we were also <laughs> making a beer in the process. Yeah. Jason um, used to say, and I still say it takes beer to make beer. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I say that, Kelly goes, no, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, you can make a beer. I don't know how great it's going to turn but out. We, but. I, I think as we brewed together, we delay, we delayed the onset of beer drinking until at least the boil yeah so i mean it depends on if you get buddies around it's like once you know you've kind of hit your numbers but again i was like you want to hit your hop schedule you want to make sure everything's good and, and so I'm, I'm pretty critical about trying to keep that towards the end so yeah that, it's a nice reward for yeah doing absolutely thing absolutely and um so yeah i was brewing and eventually i had we had moved to a kegerator so he had the kegerator we were brewing beer together and then he's like oh you just come over and get growlers whenever you want and i was like i don't want to drive to your house eventually <laughs> i was like i'm gonna make my own i'm gonna start brewing on my own and so I did. And that kind of sparked the, the interest to really take off from there. So having the kegerator moved to doing um, all grain. Okay. I built a kind of a gravity flow step system so I can do two, like a cooler up top for the sparge water, mm-hmm. the cooler for the mash, and then the, the kettle at the bottom being heated up and stuff. And really just kind of got into it, took off, took off from there. Um, and the interest is certainly ebbed and flowed is like, you know, kids come along, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I've got two now, but I had one and it slowed down, but I met some guys in my neighborhood that were all into brewing and I was like, Oh, I'm back into it now. And my little one got old enough to where I was like, he doesn't need full attention. He can stir the mash. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I screwed things up and had another one. So <laughs> <laughs> you should um, have them like 15 years apart so that one that's right. can raise the other. Exactly. One. <laughs> I mean, that, it totally makes sense. Um, so this, this past year, so our, our little guy just turned one, uh, this past weekend and that's awesome starting to get back to the spot the spot where I can brew and he's doesn't need quite as much full attention from us but I was like I was saying to Jason before I'm on my brewbatical right now where I'm like haven't been brewing a whole lot um, but looking to get back into it I think this next weekend um, to finally make something and I'm hopefully going to make this elusive porter that was the only beer I've ever had go bad. <laughs> so I'm going to try it again. You're going to try it again. Yep. I yep. like, I like the name elusive porter. <laughs> I think that might be the name. I've actually got into this trend now. So my, uh, my older child will go to daycare and he'll draw pictures and they ask him like, describe the picture for us. And he <laughs> comes up with the most ridiculous names for it. And I'm like, okay, that's how I'm going to name my beers. Like, I believe the, the last beer I made was Red Umbrella Fancy. So Nice. <laughs> what was in a Red Umbrella Fancy? I want to uh, know. It, it ended up just being like an IPA, but I love the name so much that I was just like, that's what I'm going to call it. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of yeah, <laughs> showing pictures of my kid from his birthday yesterday. That mm, child hates cake. It's pretty <laughs> Um So, yeah, I, I'm getting off on tangent or whatever. But, yeah, just over the course of time, um, you know, developed the interest, started building the process, um, kind of got into a community. I'm not part of a brew club or anything like that sure. other than I've got a couple buddies from my neighborhood who really enjoy doing it. And that's mm. been really interesting to sit down with them, um, kind of get their feedback, get their ideas. And it sparks interest for me. So like, I can't really commit the time to be part of a brew club, but I've got friends that are really great brewers and, uh, you know, they they bring the interest up a lot of like pushing what we're doing, changing mm. the way I'm doing stuff. One of the guys, um, 
is actually brewing or opening a brewery in Noblesville. Oh. I'm not sure that the date on that, but he's won home brewer of the year in Indiana Sweet. Uh, a couple of times, like just a super, super great guy and a super, super good resource for anything when it comes to brewing. He just makes really great solid beers, does a lot of lagers, you know, and that's just a labor of love. So it's like yeah, us joke, joking around making ales, making a lager is just a really, really cool process. So you can translate a lot of what he's doing back to watching temperatures and that kind of stuff. So, um, have so you yeah. done any lager brewing yourself? I have not. I've actually, that's the next thing I want to do. So we, we had moved into a new house, um, a year ago and there's a fridge refrigerator in there that doesn't have kegs in it and it's not our fridge for food. So we have a third fridge and I'm like, man, I can start freaking lager and beers now. Um, yeah. cause I've been temp controlling all my stuff with the ales I've been making, which has been really, really great. Just seen a huge uptick in how well the beers are turning out under temp control. And so I'm like, man, I really want to take a lager on now. Um, and try to make that because my, like the way I look at beers is, you know, you say you're making an IPA or whatever, you can hide behind a shit ton of hops. You, know, you right. throw them in there and you're just like, yeah, it tastes fine because all you're tasting is Centennial or whatever. You Cascade, know. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> with a, with a lager, it's like, you don't have anything to hide behind. You know, right. that beer is what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And so that's really where the interest has come to me. It's like, okay, now I want to start to transition over to, I, I know I can make beer. I can make beer that people enjoy drinking. Now I want to perfect that as saying like, how can I, I make beer that, I'm really feeling like I I did a good job. I'm not hiding behind ingredients is how I look at it. So, Sweet. That's kind of yeah. that's kind of the next level right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, well, as long as you have that one year old holding the mash paddle, I think everything <laughs> just gonna go. I, I try to get uh, I try to get one of the guys out, or little guys out there to to help and my older one is just like into it for about five seconds and he's like, I want to go back and watch Paw Patrol. So I'm like <laughs> Perfect. We thanks all want to watch Paw Patrol. Yeah, thanks for the help. So yeah. um but yeah, it's, it's been fun. So, you know, you guys are talking about like the hobby and stuff. So I've, I've certainly found ways to, to work around. I talked about the efficiency of the, the work chiller. Um, you know, what I end up doing on days when I brew is I get up at like five o'clock in the morning okay. on a Saturday mm-hmm. and I try to knock out a brew day by 11 or noon. All know? right. So nice. I'm like, I don't, I'm not leaving my wife with the burden of watching the kids all day while I'm out there drinking beers and daddy's, probably, wor- daddy's working in the garage. So. It's probably also uh, <laughs> much better to not drink until until knockout when yeah. you start at 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I really crack one open right at 5 a.m. Just start the <laughs> like, day off right. Come on. Yeah. Um, so that's that, that helps me like stay real dialed in, watch all my numbers, um, stress about pH like anybody does, and try to get the beer made so I can still kind of have the rest of the day to hang out with the family and – so what's your yeah. approach in, in, in pH? Because Jason and I just started uh, messing with pH, and my approach right now, because I'm I'm ch- I'm cheap above all else, is to use Beersmith 3's pH calculator. I I bought some water salts. Yep. We estimate, and then I I, I have like a trust method. Okay. Like I trust Beersmith. <laughs> uh, do you do you measure the pH? I do. So I, I used to use this really crappy, like Chinese pH meter. And I felt like that thing was always wrong. I mean, early on, I was you just like, you know what like, they call that pH meter in China? <laughs> a pH meter. Damn right. <laughs> I was, I was afraid that could have gone. Oh man. I was like <laughs> some other direction. Um, no. So I, uh, I used to use a really just not a very good one. And you know, early on, I didn't care. I didn't, right. I was very much just like, Oh, the beer tastes fine. I don't care about all these chemistry and pH and blah, 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 blah. You know, over the course of time, like I said, the, 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 as the frequency goes down, like the quality goes up for me, it's like, right. if I'm going to brew a beer. I want this thing to be the best that I can make. Yeah. Um, 
so started getting into pH, bought a better meter. Um, and really I, have kind of, I checked the ranges on what I'm trying to work with and just make sure I'm staying in that kind of 5.2. I mean, you can really range up from what I've read. I mean, I don't take it for, for law, but like up to like 5.6, right. you're in that range. You're, you're pretty good. Um, so I just try to make sure that I'm sticking to that and, looking out, things are going, uh, from the water perspective, I've started to build a little bit. I always use just straight RO when I'm doing it, sure. I can work on it from there and then I'll add some salt additions and stuff depending on what I'm making. But that's kind of the next, the that's next like using your home system, uh, versus osmosis or like buying. No, I've, I buy it from like aqua systems or whatever that, you know, you can buy water from. Yeah. Um, so I'll go buy a couple things there and then throw salts in when I'm doing the boil. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy I mentioned before, that's really, you know, has won awards and stuff like he's huge into water profiles and I've started to kind of make that the next frontier for me. So I talked about loggers, but also wanting to, to get better about the salt additions and building the water profile for the beer that I'm making. It's, that's a tricky one because you're getting into adding acids and, you know, all these right. different kind of, um, things that you're tweaking on the water, but it's definitely something that I want to, to work on because you can absolutely taste the difference. I mean, we made a new England IPA, a few months ago and I wrote the recipe, my buddy Tim did the water profile and man, that water was just so spot on such awesome. a soft beer. So you just, and you can just tell like, okay, this is what I'm missing. You know, when I'm making my beers, like this is going to be, you can make a good drinkable beer, but this is really what kicks it over the top. So. Well, I think that that new England IPA style is, is something that I haven't really ventured into brewing. I know that it's really difficult to brew because mm. some people are like, Oh, it's easy. You just leave all the, the junk in it. <laughs> But really, that style, <laughs> you really want all the yeast out, and you yeah. want all the haze stuff to be caused by hot particulates or other proteins that are generated in the process. Right. So right. I, I think I would like to learn a little more about how you approach that style after the break. There was a thing where I wanted to, like, over time keep trolling will wheaton until like i wanted to keep treating him like he was my arch nemesis until he actually would like respond and like somehow become my arch nemesis i'm sure you're the first person to think about that <laughs> you wanted to be sheldon cooper <laughs> uh, apparently yeah i wanted to be like a uh a, a, a tall thin autistic man from the <laughs> south <laughs> all i've ever wanted all right we are <laughs> You're going to welcome back to the show. Before we uh, hop into that promise talk about the uh, New England IPA. Is that a that we're gonna, pun? Um, we, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's not a pun at all. It's a Jay Barzik reference. If it's anything, it's a, it's a hop pun. Ooh. But I guess if it's really about oh. hops, that's not a pun so at I, all. I guess I said earlier, are you, are you sure this isn't a comedy podcast? It's not a comedy no. podcast. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you for calling all of our bad puns comedy. Yeah. It, makes, it makes me feel kind of special and warm inside. Or that's yeah. the beer we're drinking. It Speaking be of the beer, we're having uh, this is the second time we've had two beers on the show. I'm a big fan of two beers on the show. Uh, we are drinking uh, from Stone, the Woot Stout. Can you talk that's about Woot with two zeros, by the way? It is Woot with two zeros. No. Correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this one is... Not a super rare beer as much anymore. Um, they, they, you can get it pretty easily when it comes out each year. This is a 2016, mm-hmm. so um, I think I want to say 2016. It was either 20, yeah, 2016. They were doing wide release, but mm-hmm. um, it's a fun one. It's made with by Will Wheaton, um, Greg Cook or Cock or however you pronounce his last name, and Drew Curtis. Three guys that are obviously Greg is um, from Stone. Will 
of, you know, various things. And then Drew Curtis, I believe, is from uh, Fark.com. Nice. Me if I'm wrong. Um, so just a collection of people who make a beer, a little collaboration that comes out each year. It's super solid stout. It's got some cool stuff going on it, like mm. pecans and, and various things. I know they've barrel aged portions of it over the past, you know, just they changed up a little bit each year, but thought it'd be a fun one to bring in. Um, again, it's been sitting on the shelf and it's cool to try this stuff and see what it's like. Um, you know, having it a few years after it's been brewed. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's interesting. You definitely have, uh, you can definitely t- taste the wood on it a little bit. Yeah, I'm. So That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely less sweet than Dark Lord. Yeah, so this is an ale brewed with pecans, wheat, and rye, and one quarter aged in bourbon barrels. So they age just a portion of it right. and mix it back into the beer. I so. definitely get the booze on this. Like it's for me. It's boozy, and that's a that's a so plus in my book. The difference between the the wood stout and dark lord. I don't think we talked about it before. Dark lord's not barrel aged; that is just a straight up big ass beer. Oh, right. Yep. So they do variations of it or variants that are that are barrel aged of dark lord, but this one is just like big out of the gun, just yeah. right out of the stainless steel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is this this came out like this beer had already been sitting around for a while by the time it was bottled. Correct. Yeah, what we talked about before, we're like, hey, hey they barely did for you. Before me, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested. In, I I don't feel like I get the rye in there, but I'm excited that there is rye in there. Yeah, yeah. It's like the the rye character in a stout is always kind of a fun little addition. And the pecans, like I've it's I've had it each year. It's come out, and the pecans never seem to like really stick out to me in this beer. But I know, like in the years past, I've had it where it was like drinking a toasted marshmallow, just super tasty right actually so that's kind of interesting because like nuts are fatty hold for laughter like nuts are intrinsically fatty (laughs) sure um seeds right right so when you're adding those to beer because i've i've not done that myself like what are you doing as far as head retention goes (sighs) that's a great question um so i made a beer with some of my brew buddies um I want to say it was a stout that we made and we made it with, so we, we live in a neighborhood up, up in Northern Indianapolis. Um, and up there they have like black walnut trees. There's a bunch of black walnut okay, trees. So, so yeah. one of the guys in there who's like the super adventurous brewer who likes to put the craziest stuff in beers. They're just beers. called walnut trees. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. <laughs> your, uh, your social commentary, commentary is so on point. So he, he wanted to include those, uh, those into the beer. And we're all, same thing you guys are asking right now. It's like, everybody's like, Hell no, we're not putting nuts in this thing. Like that would be it's gonna be like that would be nuts. That would be crazy. Or could you say um, it would be <laughs> fat? Yeah. <laughs> so we we kind of kicked around the idea of like how should we do this? You know what's the process? And um, we ended up putting it in the mash. Okay. Um, so we, we toasted yeah. them and then threw them in the mash. And okay. I'll be honest with you. I didn't taste them. My buddy was convinced that he could taste them in there and he very well could have, you know, everybody's got a little bit of different variation, how they pick up things. But, um, that helped cause you're, you weren't putting the oils in there. You weren't doing anything like right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've made beers with peanut butter, you know, there's obviously the, right. the nut, uh, thing going on there, but I've always done it with like powdered peanut butter, you know, right. and so you get secondary. All the oil out, yeah. yeah. So you're, I'm really kind of conscious of throwing weird stuff in there like that, that you think is just going to kind of screw up the beer. Um, and I've never really done anything with like a nut addition as like a secondary item or anything like that. Mm. So I don't, I can't really talk too much on that other than those are the two experiences I've had basically. Well, I will say that this beer doesn't have any head to speak of. 
Yeah, I mean that's true. Well, it, it also is 2016, so it might yeah, just kind of be calming down a little bit. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit there, right? Oh, <laughs> oh maybe I've just mistreated mine. Mine is <laughs> mine is much less. It's. I mean, it is definitely still carbonated. Like, and yeah. actually, the the carbonation is quite nice, given that it is 2016. I sure. kind of like. I like the mouthfeel. Right. Um, Dark Lord was great. It was. So much. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is it's still 22 ounces of beer for me, like sitting down a bomber by myself. Yeah. Not something I'm doing these days because I'm like, oh, man, I feel like garbage in the morning. It's <laughs> then just, it's just more time before your wife lets you go back to bed. Yeah, that's right. It's like, it's, well, it's like you're having, you had a meal and then you had another meal. You know, it's just 22 <laughs> ounces is a lot of beer. Um, it, it is one of those things where like I didn't I didn't have lunch before we did this episode. Perfect. Uh, right? Great. <laughs> I feel like I am, in fact, drinking my lunch. Like this is... As much energy as you're supposed to take in, in I believe. A day. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So di- much different beers. I mean, the Dark Lord. I think we talked about before was <laughs> like 15, 16 percent. The Woodstock. Yeah, thirteen. So still big beer, but a little bit more manageable. The body's not quite as big. You know, the sugar content, you know, unfermentables in there that you end up getting aren't as present as yeah. they are with Dark Lord. You know, so it's a, it's a little bit easier drinker yeah, I mean, for sure. I feel like it tastes really dry to me, but that's not a thing I would ever say about it if I hadn't just had Dark Lord first. Sure. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, yeah. It's kind of what I mentioned. I think when we were on the break is that yeah, you're, you're going to go pair these beers up next to each other and be like, man, that Woodstock tastes a little flat. You know, it's like, well, you just had a huge beer. <laughs> come well, right. And I think what's, what's interesting, um, and, and you kind of alluded to this before is when you, when you drink a whole bunch of these together, you really do lose the effect. I feel like, sure. Uh, it might be nice. Like what I would love to have right now is a Kolsch. Yeah, right. Like, like just give me some some nice. It tastes clean, like water. Yeah, that's what I want. I want I, you know, a little palate cleanser. What right. I would love to have right now is a nap. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, let's talk about the New England IPA that you guys that you guys did because I think this is a style that I, I've Anipa. thought about brewing. Um, of course, Jason. And then to some smaller extent, me, give the style crap on the show a lot. Sure. Um, but can you talk about kind of your plans for it and how do you kind of, in addition to the water the water fixes that you guys did, is there anything else you guys did to kind of keep the haze up but get the yeast to fall out or how does that work? Sure. Um, so I, I'm with Jason on that. Like for me, it's I enjoy drinking them. I, mm. I don't like the culture around it, I guess. Sure. Is that, you know, everybody's like, hey, hey, bro, you got a hazy beer? You know, the haze boys that come The haze bros, we call yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what it used to be with barrel-aged stouts. Now it's everyone's into the haze beers. Um, but at the same time, it's you know, I think I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier that I brew with uh, some guys in my neighborhood occasionally, and we always kind of mm-hmm. pick styles that we want to brew together. So we'll do a 30-gallon batch of beer, split it off four ways, Damn. and then we do variations on it. So... Um, you know, in the past we've done like the Bunkelweizen and everybody did a different yeast strain okay. and then, um, we all kind of had a schedule of like how we were going to add spices, but it was up to each person to do what they wanted to. Um, mm. we've made a stout in the past where we all pitched different yeast and like one person did a Saison yeast and do a stout. Okay. You know? So mm. it's just like, which surprisingly turned out wonderful. Um, but to, we, we try to mix it up a little bit to say like there's always going to be some variation so you can differentiate each person's beer from each other. When you do this, like how different do these beers taste? Pretty different. I okay. mean, and we're talking, I would like, say the wort is 100% the same. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we end up using a, a, a I don't know, a 30-gallon um, boil kettle, a huge boil kettle. So we're yeah. like topped out on that thing. We're what are you heating that with? Still propane, just a big, just a big sun. burner. Yeah, just a yeah, sun. Um, the sun, a big burner Hot that rocks. we end up using it, um, using to get that all rolling. It does take mm. a long time though. I mean, it's a ton of uh, stuff to to, to roll over. Yeah. The guy, we the guy we brew with, his neighbor was also a brewer. 
he's an assistant brewer for one of the big brewers in the city. Oh, nice. And he, before he got into doing that, he was starting to build a really big system in his house. So he's got, you know, he's got the 30 gallon, uh, bear or the brew kettles and everything. And he's got propane just piped out of his house. So he is set up to be able to roll a boil and those things. No problem. Well, we end up borrowing them because we need that much volume, but we're right. still mm-hmm. using a, a bigger propane burner, but not big enough, you know? So it is a labor of love to make that beer start moving, but we end up, we brew it all. We brew one big batch of wort, pull everything off, make sure everybody gets some. A lot of times we'll end up having extra. Uh, so like this, mm-hmm. we made this new England, which I'll talk about in a second. Uh, but we had enough additional wort that I, we pulled that off, put some acidulated malt in it, threw some salt in there, made a goes off, oh, off wow. of that beer. That's so awesome. I have that on, on my keg right now. Cause I was like, Hey, I really want to make a goes. And so we just threw out, I mean, it turned out okay. You know, it could All certainly right. be better, but for being basically the second batch out of that beer was pretty cool. Looking at the new England, um, so we, we kind of based that off of, we want to try to test that out. One of the guys in the club I mentioned earlier, who's big into making lagers and stuff, sure. like New England IPAs and part of his brew club, it's like those, all those guys all scoff at him. Like, why would you make that shit? It's, it's <laughs> uh-huh. everyth- everything that you're supposed to do in brewing. You just like turn a blind eye to, to make it. Do, uh, like, do we know like the origin of the New England IPA? I haven't looked into this at all. So I don't know for sure either. Um, I know that like that, that style at least was kind of, not quite to the extent that we see now, like the big hazy, like yeah. just make it look as shitty as possible and we'll call it good beer. Um, but the, that's the, how I, that's, that's my usual like way of trying to, <laughs> that's my, my benchmark for beer. Um, no, the, uh, I, I know like the alchemist that makes like heady topper, mm. um, you know, those kind of beers, yeah. they were doing a lot of that where it was like, it's not pretty, but it's got a lot of hops in it. It's a ton of character, you Which know, conceptually I like. Yeah, and that's that's a different style. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily batch those up to what you would consider like a New England IPA now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just making IPAs on the East Coast yeah. that they didn't care much about clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the course of time, people started making these New England, as they're calling them, New England IPAs, hazy IPAs. And again, I don't know for certain, but it seems like when you make the beer, what happened is someone screwed something up <laughs> and they're like, man, that tastes pretty good. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to start making that. Um, so when we made the, the beer, it's when you build it up from the base, um, super soft water, sure. Super, super soft. You want it to be like a pillow, you know, when you're drinking it, it's like, you just want that to be super soft on the, Mm. on the tongue and stuff. And, um, writing the recipe, I looked at a bunch of different variations of the recipe. There was one from, uh, Trillium. I think it's Congress street. I think is what we sure, kind of based yeah. our recipe off of. Um, we do tab that and really liked it and said, Hey, let's try to take a stab at making something that's similar to this. You know, we've never written a recipe for this before. Let's look at a couple things. We'll tweak a couple variations of like, what's the base model we want to use. So I think, um, instead of using, uh, Two row, we used Golden Promise, like you know, mm-hmm. just to Golden really kick it up. Shit. Yeah, to really kick it up. So, uh, so I ended, I ended up being kind of writing the base recipe, and then we we each kind of collaborated on what we wanted it to be, um, worked the water profile, and then brew day. You just it's a shitload of hops. Right. Just I mean, I think all of our costs was in ho- just so much hops. And then are you guys, so are you guys then also hopping it? while you're like like the dry hop schedule is pretty heavy too yeah and of course you guys are all doing that differently. yeah so you're pretty much just doing um there's you know a first edition you know that's it you're really just like that big edition at the beginning or yeah. not even a big edition just an addition initially to get kind of that base bitter mm-hmm. um and then i think in ours we did we cold steep so we like let it sit for 20 minutes whirlpool cold steeped with a bunch of hops 
And then uh, we dry hopped it from there. So we split the kegs off, or the, excuse me, the fermenters off to each of the four of us. And then everybody's goal was to dry hop it with a different variation. Okay. Myself, I had a Zaka. That was my dry okay. hop. So a Zaka was not in the main main process, not in the main boil. I want to say the initial one was like um, either Cascade or Centennial okay. and maybe Simcoe. I okay. can't remember off the top of my head what it was. All classics. But yeah, a Zaka was what I, I had picked. What um, is a Zaka? Give me a I have, I've never used it before. Uh, it's kind of the, the fruity, citrusy, okay. like that same, you know, same variations, that same family. I think it's a, a combo hop made of a couple different things, but... Um, yeah, it, so the dry hop process is what makes you the most uncomfortable, you know? So you brew it, you, it's all traditional, you know, you're just doing like an early edition then that mm. whirlpool beer turns out fine. You pull it off, it's like mud, you know, you just throw mud in, in your fermenter. Um, and then you dry hop the beer at high Krausen, which is just oh, okay. like, so during well, active fermentation. Oh yeah. Like that first day, like you want me to put hops in this thing? And you want me, I think we did six ounce total. So I was Holy mother. three hot, three ounce additions. And, and, and you're, you're looking at like just like five or six gallons in a fermenter after you yeah, split it up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So throwing it in there, I think I'm, I, we were talking earlier. It's like you throw the hops in there and the beer is like reacts to it immediately. So you just got to throw the cap back on and the bluff will just go nuts because it's, <laughs> you've got active fermentation. You're throwing hops in there. It just, like I mentioned, it's, you feel like you're really taking all the things you learned about brewing and saying like, okay, I just want to not do any of that stuff to make this beer. Um, so we did that addition. You do an addition at the high crowds and then in like a day or two later, you add another addition and those are your dry hop additions. And you turn that beer, at least in our case we did in like 11 days. Okay. So it is just like super fresh, super like right out of the fermenter. Mm-hmm. Going in a keg. You cold crash it before you keg it? Nope. Just, Ooh, just okay. go for it. YOLO. Move it over. <laughs> so you want, you know, and there's, you know, you read some of the stuff where people are like putting flour in there and just doing these weird things to get the haziness in right. it. Flour, like like wheat flour. Yeah. Throwing flour oh. in there to cloud it up. That we did like not cheating. do anything like that. I mean, we, we obviously stayed traditional. Um and had no problem making that beer look like garbage. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but what did it taste like? It tasted great. It really did. I mean, I've had I, this, right? Like, yeah. I've tried this. Yeah. I think I, you, had it, you had it at the house when you came over that one time. I have pleasant memories of this. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it turned out really wonderful. Um, and so I mentioned everybody did a variation where it was just different hops. It was really fun to try uh, what different style hops would do to it, whether it's a citrus hop or um, more of a traditional like German hop. One of the guys, the lager guy, you know, he's always like mixing it up, throwing some. Like I want some noble hops in my <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. novel. I want to say, I novel, think sorry, he Jason. did, I don't remember if he did, um, oh gosh, I can't remember off the top of my head now, but yeah, he always, he's the one that kind of plays it safe, plays the cards close to chess kind of thing. And the rest of us are like, so oh, just go fuggles. crazy. Yeah. But all of them turn, turned out great. It, you know, not just like, oh, we made such a good beer. We're so great. I was just, I was really impressed with how it turned out. And I think a lot of that, as I mentioned, just the water profile, the golden promise really kicked the hops up a ton. I mean, right. if, if you want to get a good kind of, you want to really um, help the hops stand out, golden promise for me each time I've used it has really done a good job of that. Yeah. And I feel like that's just a, I'm kind of inspired to, to, to figure out like a brewing system like that with some, some of my buddies, because I feel like that's a great way to learn mm-hmm. to, to start with 30 gallons and then have people treat the beer differently post fermentation. I mean, in addition to getting to drink four New England IPAs off of one brew day, right. like you 
now have a good sense of what Ozaka does versus what Fuggles or whatever that right. guy used does. Right. I, I would like the listening audience to note that I am sitting right here. You don't have a 30-gallon kettle. We have to work it out. No, we're two people. We're not like a dozen. <laughs> we just need more people, Jason. I wasn't offending you. We're a bickering old You know what? I think this is a great time for your off-the-wall Hold question because you're getting a little saucy. I have oh, one regular I have one regular on-the-wall question. Okay. Before I didn't it, know if this was going to turn into a marriage counseling <laughs> podcast. Or? It's a comedy podcast, damn it. <laughs> okay. No, it's not. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have one on-the-wall question, and that is when you're adding these hops during active fermentation, do you do anything sanitization-wise? So traditionally when I've dry hopped, I've always thrown mm. it in like a, a muslin bag or whatever and yeah. just dropped it in there. Um, I I feel like it's not worth it. I mean, my buddies, okay. like I've always kind of gone kind of back and forth. You'll like read on some of the forums. People are like, oh, yeah, put a mar- uh, marble in there. So it drops halfway through, and you're going to get the full button. And like... <laughs> It's for me, I think I'm just going to, the next time I try to do it, I'm just going to throw them right in there. Okay. I'm not going to mess around. A lot of times it's because I don't want to deal with the mess. Yeah. Um, but the other guys that were doing, they just threw them right in and had no issues with sanitization. I mean, if you're, if you're bringing them out of a bag, sanitize the bag, okay. you know, just like spray the bag off, dump them in there. Um, but just doing an addition of that, I mean, they're air, airtight. They're, they're pretty, pretty solid. So, but for me, it was always like, Oh, I want to be careful. I don't want too much mess going on. What if it doesn't drop out? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, but that's like, you're not worried about clarity. So it's, it's yeah, not especially in that case. Yeah. But even with clarity now, it's like, just bring the tap down. It'll, it'll drop out. Aaron, do you have any pictures of your, um, your cereal beer, your cinnamon toast crunch beer? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you mean to we, put them in the shows? Yeah, put them put the them in the shows. I just want to show like how crazy messy a beer can look while it's in the. Yeah, process. the cinnamon toast crunch beer looked like shit, so we'll put that in the shows. But oh, right, yeah. right as we talk about that, Jason, I think off the wall. Ready, set, go. Okay, my first off the wall. Qu- well, I had to, and then you fed me so many high alcohol beers <laughs> um, and no lunch. <laughs> you had some zucchini, right? <laughs> he did have a piece of zucchini. Yeah, he's he's doing all right. Are you ready for this? Okay, is it? odd if someone were to like you're okay let's just say you're sitting on a couch right you're just sitting on a couch yeah right okay yep. which we're not right now right but let's say you or are, are we no one knows no one knows we are know. we wearing pants <laughs> yes debatable two pants. fucking episodes in a row that debatable. You um, the pants. <laughs> you're sitting on a couch and your dog comes up i don't have a dog i have cats well but let's say you have a dog and his name two is cats that i don't know if i like on a day-to-day basis uh but let's say you have a dog his okay. name is kyle okay i have a dog named kyle let's not do kyle we both know a, a, a kyle let's <laughs> <laughs> do fair uh tim do you know a tim yeah. we've had a tim on a show tim from being on the show this is not you this okay. is another tim well, this, it's dog tim right or dog, dog tim dog, dog tim dog, dog tim comes up and he starts licking your face okay and uh, you stick your tongue out so that when he licks your face, he also licks your tongue. Is that weird? Uh, I mean, it depends on what kind of relationship you have with Tim the dog. Is it intimate? It would seem so. <laughs> <laughs> then, it's, then it's not weird. <laughs> then it's not weird. Yeah. Then it's loving and don't judge. Yep. So, so you're okay with kissing the dog? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, well, it's no fine. one said it was kissing. You're just licking the dog's tongue. What is licking tongues other than kissing? Licking tongue. I mean, it's. I've never licked anyone's I, tongue and not been like, "Oh yeah, I didn't kiss." I feel, like, I feel like Jason's looking for some validation here. <laughs> <laughs> I know he has a dog, and uh, he may or may not be French kissing that dog. How many times a day do you lick Odie's tongue? <laughs> uh, or you know, let's no change comment. it. Let's say Odie licks your tongue. Let's say you're not doing the active licking. It's, you know what? I've had the dog for seven years now. It's happened. Okay. Not on purpose. Okay. But like but I said, it's your dog, so it's cool. It's your dog. He's it's your dog, so it's cool. I yeah. agree. Yeah. You know, but like if you own a dog long enough, at some point he'll come up to lick your face. 
and while he's licking your face, you will tell him no. And in the process <laughs> of opening your mouth to say no, he will lick your tongue. And then you just have to deal with it. You just have to live with it. The trauma. This is why. This is why I don't have a dog. <laughs> I don't have to live with it. I do not. Fair enough. So uh, I want to ask. Uh, we're getting close to to time. I want to ask. I want to make sure we get in our listener question for the day. So the listener oh, yeah. question for today Who's is listening? from Cat. 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 Ooh, we uh, were just yeah. talking about dogs so yeah. much. Now we, we have a cat. Uh, it's cat. Uh, it's actually a, a person, not a, not a cat. Name her, her name is really Catherine. Actually, her name is Mary Catherine. But mm. whatever, different story. Uh, can uh, the question is a, is a somewhat serious question? Can serious this, question. This huh? is uh, the question. Um, I think was written to us after the Sparge Four, which was a fun episode. The fourth Sparge. So check it out. If you will. Uh, the question is: Can Jason partially sing a Destiny's Child song every episode? A smiley face. The answer is no. What? Oh, well, I mean, copyright episode or copy copyright. Episode. I believe if Jesus, you sing it, I think if you I don't sing think it, you get into copyright issues. Uh, yeah. Well, then maybe maybe I don't know enough. I think like what is a Destiny? What is a Destiny's Child song? Like, do you want the song, or are you just asking in general what is a Destiny's Child? Song? <laughs> <laughs> they only they have more than one song. They do. I don't get the musical references in the Which show. They do. Does anyone remember what song, Aaron? Do you remember what song I partially sang on that episode? I, I, so, do I believe you said Survivor before no, we started. But there's no guarantee that that's it. They have such an illustrious catalog. I okay. would like for all of our listeners who know the answer to the question to hit us up on Twitter. At Plato's Gravity, and let us know what song it is. We're not, we're not going to check. All right, <laughs> uh, but I think we should at least for Catherine. You should sing a Destiny's Child song on on this episode. Um, which one? I, I think we should I, let we uh, should let Tyler pick. Yeah, I, I've got one. We, we, we I, got I believe I'd like to hear uh, "Bootylicious" from mm, you. It's uh, a song. I that is yes. absolutely a song. Uh, because in fact. It's weird because I feel like like I have no I have no recourse but to William Shatner this to, to shat all over. This, <laughs> so this is the direction you're gonna go with that. Which is which is to say that my my initial response when Aaron is like, is that a song? And I I, I would say yes because my body is in fact too bootylicious for you. It's not yeah. a Wonderland. But you, is that I, the same feel like, I feel like you you're really missing the chorus here, man. Uh, do you need a Do you need like a metronome like? We all know I, I can't I, keep I need one that, yeah, I need one that, like, keeps the beat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, I think the only words I know to that, to that particular song are... Because when I'm trying to play it back in my head, and we should... I, I will preface this by saying this beer is quite boozy. Whenever I play <laughs> it back... It's less booze than the previous beer you had. <laughs> True. Yeah, oh, by th- which by 3%, if you were to say that for any other beer, it's 3% less alcoholic than the last That's beer. That's a pretty big jump in beer, it's a man. Big That's jump a 7, you know. Not when they're 7 10%. To 10%. Well, if it was a 7%, you're like, oh, 3%, that's no big deal. Well, right. it's kind of a big deal. Are you going to sing the song? No, well, I just, I mean, I said as much as I know. The, the problem is every time I go, um, every time I start playing it back in my head, it's a blend of Bootylicious and all the single ladies. And I can't get rid of, I can't split those songs up. Just, okay, give us that. That, no. Why? Because do, I'm do want, wildly do self-conscious. Do you want me to help you? Sure, yes. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Oh, I do not think you are, in fact, ready for this jelly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and why Why would that be? Because I, I would assume it's because my body is, in fact, it's, it's, it's an excessive amount of, of, of butt 
<laughs> I believe the term you're looking for is bootylicious. Oh, oh well, then uh, of of the liciousness of the boot, <laughs> I have an excessive amount. Okay. All right. All right. You're well, welcome. I want to. I want to thank Catherine for what will go down as the. I want Catherine. some adjective. Yep. It's a superlative adjective that describes actually, this segment. You can actually watch the l- listenership drop <laughs> yeah. during the streaming of this. In real time. Yeah. <laughs> if this was live. <laughs> these yeah. these people. Oh, God. Oh, no. Like, uh, we'll see you guys next week, maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, but, uh, Tyler, before we before we wrap up, we're, we're coming up on, on time. I, I think in you're fact, brewing. We're always existing in time. <laughs> this beer, man. Damn it, Jason. we got to give you less beer. So... You know, I think your your journey through brewing uh, kind of follows a lot. You started with extract. You got in with a, a bunch of guys. You kind of ramped up. Yep. You're now measuring pH and all that stuff. So yep. if you were a new brewer, uh, no, that's not the question I want to ask. If you wanted to give advice to a new brewer, like if what you were a woman. Damn it, Jason. Uh, so if you're someone who's listening to this show and you're like, you know what? I haven't brewed beer. I've only brewed a couple beers. Like, Give them some advice to kind of keep them moving forward to make great beer. Sure. Um, anybody that ever asked me about getting into the, the hobby, um, I know there's like the, oh, you know, uh, have a homebrew or whatever. Relax, have a homebrew. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. yeah that Thanks, thing. Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, that's certainly a great method to, to follow. But the most important thing I tell people is like, just keep your stuff clean. Like, that's the biggest thing to do with a podcast and i have keep, failed keep, horribly. keep your uh, keep your <laughs> keep the e for explicit off your podcast mm. and keep this is an explicit <laughs> podcast and keep uh keep your equipment clean yeah i mean i think that's that can be a very discouraging thing for individuals like if you brew a beer and, and it goes bad right you're mm. just gonna be like man i don't know what i did wrong like i don't want to i don't want to make a batch again and screw it up you get really gun shy about it um just really watching your sanitization and, you know, again, you, you can take it easy on that, but to make sure you're cleaning your stuff. That's always what I, I yeah. share with individuals because it's going to be beer. It's going to taste good. Um, well, it's going to taste. Yeah, I mean, good, good is a relative well, term. I mean, like we even talked about this. Like I, I gave Tyler a, a sample of my uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch beer before we came up to, to record the podcast, and it's a beer I made for the Mashup Wonder. And frankly, it doesn't taste like what I wanted it to taste like, but it doesn't taste terrible. And I think that's kind of the moral of the story. Is I don't think Tyler I disliked it. No, I thought it was good, but I, I agree. I mean, you, you're going to be your own worst critic, um, especially the more you brew. Like I'm always really hard on myself. Like, oh, this beer doesn't taste good. I missed this, blah, blah, blah. You know, like... And if you just watch, watch your, uh, try to watch your numbers a little bit, keep stuff clean and the beer is going to turn out really well. You That's know? Awesome. And, and eventually you're, you're going to figure out things that you can make better and you're just gonna make better beer, but don't worry about it. Keep it clean, and it'll be fine. So I like it. I think that's a more that's a more like enriched version of Charlie's basic phrase, like yeah. <laughs> relax, have a homebrew. But while you're relaxing, just be <laughs> just in keep, the moment just and keep pay attention clean. to shit. Keep yeah, it clean. Keep it clean. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I want to thank uh, thank you for coming on, Tyler. It's been it's been great fun. Thank you for bringing some great selections of yeah, beer absolutely. for us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Super jazzed. I want to thank our listeners for listening to this episode of Plato's Gravity. If you have a question for the show, you can find us. I would at like Plato's to thank Queen Beyonce. Queen, we will thank Queen Beyonce. There's more people in. Destiny's Child than just Beyonce. I would like to thank Queen Beyonce and the two other people <laughs> and who the rest are of no Destiny's longer. Child. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody from uh, Destiny's Child would like to ask us a question uh, or anyone else for that matter, they can find us at Plato's Gravity on Twitter, Did Instagram. Did you just say anyone in Destiny's Child wanted to ask us a question? Yeah. What if it happened? <laughs>
That would what be. If, what if uh, Michelle Williams is that her name? Oh, yeah, I would cry. What if she hits you up? If she hits me up, DM me. DM. What if, what if Beyonce <laughs> hit them DMs? Uh, yeah. You know what? Jason would, would definitely sing. Jason slid into those DMs. One of their songs on every episode. Jason with the <laughs> Jason with the nice hair. Is that what we're getting? At? I. You know. You know how. Beautiful. You know how else she can reach us? She could email us at podcast at platosgravity.com. <laughs> Uh, if you love the show, uh, you could leave us a review on iTunes. The other podcasters say that's a good idea. I honestly, I don't care that much, but please do it. Um, you can connect with Tyler at Tyler Polling on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped. You should check out some of the stuff he's working on, or just say hi and thank him for uh, giving you some good information. In the meantime, clean your stuff, brew some beer, and have some fun. <laughs> <laughs>